0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcaster with the creaky dulcet tones. D U L C E T, patrons, you keep them going. You keep these creaky dulcets gre- greasy. I mean, greased, you know, so they can stay, so they don't get locked up. Thanks, patrons. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep with Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it the bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, feelings, you know, feelings like uh, emotions, uh, physical sensations. If you've had a change in schedule or time or temperature, whatever's keeping you awake, I, I'd like to uh, take your mind off. I'd like to acknowledge uh, it could be anything, uh, but it's legitimate. Uh, there's a lot of people that listen to the show, and I, I don't know what everybody's going through, uh, but uh, like I can relate. I know how it feels there in the deep dark night. And i like to keep you company. That's uh, basically the gist of the show. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents, uh, extra, you know, d- extra stuff, uh, extra, so many extra words. This is the one podcast where you'd say it could be five minutes, but there's so many bonus words uh, that uh, in extra words. It's kind of like oh you know what we'll, we'll, maybe we could this could be a metaphor is when you go to that uh the the big chain sandwich shop, though there's other chain sandwich shops now and other things built on that model, maybe we'll talk about that as a metaphor for the podcast. if you're new though, welcome here's a couple of things uh, uh sh- this show's different, give it a few tries to see if it works for you uh, structurally, the show starts off with business, that's how we keep it free, then there's an intro. Intro is about twelve minutes. As you get through listening your first, second, third time, you'll see kind of the intro is a big part of the show, Uh, and uh, kind of uh, everybody uses the show and the intro in a different way. But the majority of listeners, listeners, they kind of wind down uh, as the intro is going. Get ready for bed. It kind of just gives you uh, a. It gets like maybe I've never explained this. People always say the intro kind of developed into a 12 to 16 minute thing over time based on listener feedback, uh, it, part of me when I first started the show or, or times it's like, Oh, it'd be cool if it went straight into the story. But then if you go straight into the story, then you're expected to kind of, uh, I, I don't know, it, it kind of doesn't help with the easing into bedtime, which is what kind of seems like it actually works the drifting off to sleep. Uh, where I don't want anything to feel rushed. I want to give you room. And there is the fact that you could skip ahead. Normally it's around 18 minutes or so and, and get close to the beginning of the story and start listening in there. But there's also this idea that it's like, I'm glad you're here. Like, like if one thing I've been learning is of becoming more of an adult, uh, and trying to live more fully in this world is, uh, it's really important how you greet people. Uh, like the, the I don't tend to be the most enthusiastic person. But I, I, I'm tending to notice uh, the importance of enthusiasm. If you're glad to see someone letting that out and expressing it, uh, is a powerful thing, and it's a powerful thing to feel that in the other direction and be like, "I'm really so glad to see you." It, 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 like sometimes there's an unintentional metacommunication communication going on there, in like uh, so greeting people in in, in a way is that, that uh is, is equal to your feelings. Uh, I mean, sometimes I might be like, hey, how you doing? Like, uh, I mean, because you mean it. I don't know, but with me, I tend to, do, like, if I'm distracted and thinking about some something else, uh, like, you know, worrying about uh, filing papers or whatever, uh, and then I'm greeting someone, it might dampen down my natural enthusiasm for seeing them. And that's kind of what the intro is in some paradoxical way. It is a dampen down. It's, it's just, like I have such enthusiasm that you're here and that I get to try to put you to sleep. But but at the same time, uh, the paradoxical arc is that, uh, it, it it, realistically, I want to give you plenty of room to fall asleep. But at the same time, I want you to note that I really truly am glad you're here. And that I'm trying to establish this as a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Uh, So I think, uh, I think that's kind of the, Oh, so if you're new, yeah, the show starts off with an intro, really 12 minutes to 14 minutes, uh, part of the show. And then we'll be talking about, uh, welcome back uh, to GOT. We'll be talking about season one of GOT or episode one season. I don't know. Is this season seven? I'm not sure because I'm recording this before the episode comes out uh, to be ready. Uh, but so I'm glad you're here. I'm glad, uh, GOT's back, uh, and you might say, well, I don't watch that show. Yeah, no problem. It'll be pretty, uh, it'll be a pretty tangential recap of the episode and things that came up during the episode. It'll also be uh, through the lens of sleep with me. So it'll be very, uh, calming and soothing and meandering. And, you know, for the most part, the feedback I get is that, uh, wait a second, you were talking about, uh, that's what you were talking about? You thought you were talking about, uh, the difference between gravies. Uh Huh? Really? That was about, uh, like a season six, episode eight. Actually, I don't think there were, maybe there were eight episodes in season six. I don't think so though. So possibly I could have been talking about an episode that doesn't exist. That is possible. So, um, oh, so we'll talk about Game of Thrones. These episodes are super sized. They just happen to be, Again, something that grew out of listener feedback and just making the show uh, so the Game of Thrones episodes we'll we'll talk about the episode. If we have time, we'll talk about things that came up in the episode like uh if there, like let's just say for example, yeah, there was something about gravy, I'd say, well, according to this uh gravy must contain these things you know if I you know Alton brown's philosophy of gravy. This is imaginary, though I'm sure Alton Brown has it. Is it Elton Brown or Alton Brown? What about? Uh, I wonder if Alton Brown likes Elton John. Also, they could be like they could be they could open up a, like any kind of business where you have people's names, or like a publisher. Alton Elton uh, John Brown or uh, Alton uh, John Elton Brown, maybe so. Where was I? Oh, so I was talking about, uh, so we'll talk about the episode then things that came up during the episode. Then we'll check in with Tom and M Pounce. They have a fictional series. They're going to introduce a short fictional series, like uh, influenced by Old Time Radio. Then we'll, uh, check in, uh, Prayers to the Old Gods and the New. And I think that'll be it. Like that, that'll be, uh, yeah, that'll be how we do it. I don't have a release schedule yet, uh, cause I'm still like, as I'm preparing for the season to start trying to decide if we're going to go every week or we're going to spread it out. Uh, so we have that going, I think, uh, so that's the structure of the show. Also, if you're new, here's a couple of things. You don't need to listen to this podcast. You may have figured that out already. You can listen, uh, but you could also turn it down low. You could put it on the other side of the room. Uh, just kind of see what works for you as you start to use the show. This show is also no pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here over an hour for these Game of Thrones episodes. And the, the, like, uh, the whole idea of the show is uh, I'm here to keep you company as you drift off, to walk at your side as you fall asleep. And not so much to put you to sleep, but uh, to be your boyfriend, your boar companion, your boar bay, your boar cuz, your boar sib. If you're from San Diego, you're borbra uh, to, to keep you, you to, to be here as you drift off, uh, to take your mind off of stuff and yeah, use a, all like a bunch of different things. Like kind of like if you're going to that, uh, sub shop, uh, and you say, okay, uh, like, you know, w- w- if we're viewing it through a neutral lens, you'd say, okay, well, I want some of those, you know, that they say, okay, what about the squirty stuff? Oh yeah. Use the one, uh. Oh, that purple squirty stuff! Yeah, I'd like some of that. Uh, you could choose your type of, uh, you know, uh, what do they call? It? What do they call that? A conduit? Uh, I'm trying to not to talk about F O D O D directly, even though I am. Uh, yeah, the delivery system for it. Uh, the structural, uh, the thing that offers it the structural integrity. Squirty stuff. You got your, um, you get your building block or whatever. Your your uh, construction material. I don't know what you call that, exterior I guess that's more of the I don't know, your foundation oh no. So see even that I, I say, well, Scoots was gonna describe it to us, but then he kinda of got distracted, went off topic, because uh, he was trying to that's how kinda of talk about game, game of Thrones too. So you get the uh you know, the, 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 the uh the feature the feature material we'll call it. And then you have the uh the stuff that goes on. It like you got your stuccoes your paint, your accoutrement. I think they say, uh, they don't say, believe me. They don't say it there. They say you want these with that. Uh, you want to make you know, want to make it a, a, a value pack or whatever. You say, well, I'm here. What what are, can you go through the accoutrement again? And they even would, would say, sir. There's a long line here you see what do you call that a conduit or is that the delivery vessel uh you want a warm or cold and then i usually anytime someone says that i say it's cold as not you know warm hands cold warm cold hands they say and it, it, it's strange they can hear uh artists just, uh, uh, but you're an artiste you don't have accoutrement uh, well this this is only entertaining in a sleep podcast but uh He say, buddy, give me a break. I say, you're right. You're right. I apologize. I apologize. Uh, but then you also, once you go through that part, then you still have lots of others. You say, well, I want some of that stuff. Uh, some of? yeah, put, put some of that on there. Oh yeah. Dust it up. I want some of that dust. Uh, so you get, it, it gives, gives you a lot of choices. Uh, in this show, it, it, uh. You can kind of listen in any way you want. You, you, like sometimes my words feel to, to a lot of people I listen unrelated to anything I'm saying or any points I'm making. And to someone you know that specializes in amuse bouche and accoutrement, they might say, uh, "You can't have that with that. It's just not." I said, "Well, anyway, who are whom whom are we to judge? Is uh, there artists?" So I don't know if I had a point in there other than I'm here to take your mind off of stuff uh, and I'm here to keep you company. I want you to uh, get get a chance to get a good night's sleep so you can be out there in the world flourishing. I truly believe you deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, I want you to believe that too, even if it's a little bit out of our grasp at times and, you know, just take a breath with me. I'm here to help. Uh, Now this show doesn't work for everybody, as I kind of said, so give it a few tries. If it doesn't work for you, or you feel your lizard brain, you know, saying, uh, you know, stuff, sleepwithmepodcast.com slash no thank you. It has links to other sleep stuff, a couple other options. So, so check that out. And uh, I think that's it. Uh, like, I, I just want to help you fall asleep. I've been there. That's the main thing out there in the deep, dark night. Uh, and I want to keep you company, take your mind off it, unless, you know, make it less of a. Uh, rigmarole Uh, most of all i really appreciate you checking the show out and i appreciate your time and just you know i do strive and yearn, and i really want to help you fall asleep here's a couple of ways we keep the show uh, going all right everybody here we are talking episode one season eight episode one we're back uh uh, season eight episode one uh, called winterfell where most of the action Uh, takes place, uh, and uh, there's kind of a new open. I'm going to start it right here. We're getting the end of the recap with the wall looking like a a wave, and here we go. It starts off with like a new scene on the band, or maybe I just never noticed. I couldn't figure it out. I'm going to try to pause it live. Okay, yeah, we do have a new scene, and I I haven't been paying attention. It does look like it's the uh, Ice dragipoo, uh, icing the wall possibly, and then the walkers, and then maybe to the left side. I can't really tell. Some birds. Uh, I don't know. You'll be able to check it. Like every review of uh, the episode. I don't. I don't check those because uh, I don't want to get in the way. And it looks like a wood. Like it looks brass in the, but when it's paused, actually it looks like it's carved wood with gold paint. So it starts with this, that's like with the Astro globe. Then we go through the wall, like a zooming shot through the U and the wall. Then we have these like Scrabble pieces folding uh, that look like it's winter. And we go to Last Hearth, then the Scrabble pieces fold and we sweep to Winterfell. I guess that's the road. I just realized that just now, maybe. And we see the big tree in Winterfell. A pond that I just noticed for the first time. Even the tree even has a face. Uh, then we go through Winterfell on the inside and downstairs to Winterfell. Uh, this is all in the opening, like the creating of this clockwork action. Very, very cool. Okay, oh boy, hold on. I got to pause it again. Hey, it's scoots by, by the way, welcome back, season season eight. Uh, Good to have you, what do you say? Okay, so the second scene yeah, this one confused me, and I guess it's oh no, now it makes a little more sense, uh though not quite. It's a scene um oh is that Walder Frey? I guess it is Wal- the Towers, uh or whatever that Walder Frey place is maybe. And on the left side of the band we see a lion, maybe, or is a wolf, uh Wolfie Pooh. Uh, then an unknown shape. Uh, oh, that's that's a wolfy poo gone bye bye. And then someone holding it like uh, so. So there's stuff uh, that looks like it's from the twins. That's what that place was called. So I don't know if that's a hint. Uh, then we go down to King's Landing, and King's Landing's coming back together. We go through the city. Then we go to the Red keep uh, really looking like a nice teak uh, wood action we go down the stairs from the tower in the red keep uh, through uh where they're practicing with that uh, uh the the thing to catch the draggy poos uh, then into the throne room we even get the iron throne lannister sigil and then we see the last band we see i knew this one it has um and I said, is the, was the comet in the movie, TV show, or just a book? Or was that like in another story that I was just imagining, like a red comet? Was that, I think that was in one of the seasons, of Game of Thrones. I know it was in the book. Unless, But that's a red comet. And then three, one, two, three, four, a flying friends. Uh, and uh, then some activity. I'm pretty sure one, two, three, four. I don't know if that's a hint or not. Or history that uh and then the episode opens uh let's see lost Heart. these are my notes I was just watching new bank new bankish bank shot oh this is all my notes uh last bark comet I think that's uh uh but the episode runs with this kid he's running uh runs through some water they're they're running actually uh uh, this kid's running and uh jump over a wagon, over a stump. Uh, this is like a kid from. Also, this kid was in is in the next New- Newsies movie, carrying a, a news, like a, a news satchel. And Ari is the first friend we see. She's kind of got a smug look, uh, and kind of they talk about it at the end of the episode, Weiss and Benioff. Uh, so I'll leave that for your own discovery. In the trees, snow and moss as the kid climbs a tree to watch the unsullied march into town. There's a marching sound effects. Uh, Aria looking out, climbs tree. Uh, the kid has a newsy satchel. We see the town outside of Winterfell kind of for the first time. And possibly some old walls of Winterfell or something. It could be a pub. Uh, there's like a barrel sign marching music, lots of troops. And I want to, they do have shirts on, but I said, man, it must, is it cold in that unsullied armor? And then we have the Khaleesi, your Khaleesi and mine, a uh, red gloved, uh, white jacketed uh, John snow, aria watching uh, cold in that, uh, aria looks up as John, uh, in the Khaleesi pass, she breathes. She almost says something, but then she lets a moment pass and kind of grits herself uh, a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, she's got her winter goods on, too. Uh, then we see, like, all the people in Winterfell. Then we see the hound, and Arya sees the hound. The hound doesn't see her. Uh, and first I put that dude, but right, oh no, his name, now his name I forgot again. Uh, uh, the kid, the kid blacksmith. Eventually I I'll forget it. And then I'll remember it. Uh, I, I wanted to say Renly, but that's Renly Baratheon. That's someone else. I think his name has the same amount of syllables. Then we have Tyrion and Varys in a, uh, uh, what do you think? A cart. Uh, they get the first dialogue. They're cracking jokes. Um, and then we see gray worm and Missandei or, uh, uh, yeah. And uh, they're looking at the people looking at them. They exchange. She exchanges a cool look with the gray worm. A WTF look. What up with these northerners? And he just gives her the typical masande Day of North, uh, look. And then Khaleesi's getting stared at by all the northerners. Uh, and Jen says, yeah, there's, they, they, uh, you know, they're not used to seeing people that, uh, with blonde hair or coming in, but the Khaleesi's got dragons on her side. So she's, uh, the blank stares, Khaleesi, oh, was it Mark Hamill? Does anybody like, know? I didn't look this up, but we have like some, somebody that looked a bit like Luke Skywalker from uh, force awakens, uh, I did not know if it was a Mark Hamill cameo. I didn't pause it or anything. Uh, so Khaleesi has the dragons in the house a moment. She's pleased and proud, uh, pleased and proud Khaleesi. Then they do a flyby San- over Sansa, like Top uh, Top Gun style. We get a t- overshot of uh, Winterfell. And Brand looks like he's been hitting the uh, like the vape or something, man. This episode because he's. <laughs> 3 raven is uh, oh-so-chill now. And uh, he, like, he just keep waiting for him to say, dude, uh, man. But uh, he kind of does. Uh, he's he's mellower than a mellow yellow, which isn't very mellow, actually. Like, if a mellow yellow was actually mellow, m- mellow he'd be me- He's the mellowest raven. But John comes in with the Khaleesi. They say hi to Bran. Uh, yeah, that's like a strange, I, it's a brands, uh, uh, I don't know what the right word is. Uh, mellow brand look number one, Khaleesi. He, he, says, you're a man. And he says, almost. And I said, what does that even mean? We talking? uh, I, I didn't know what that meant. You see, Brian, you're confusing me and I'm just watching the show. You know, you're, he's en- enigmatic, I think. Uh, there's lots of mud on the ground. John kisses his head. Uh, Bran stares. Uh, so it's Bran Stare 1. Maybe that's the right thing. Bran Stare. Brandon Stark stares. Uh, I think Khaleesi and Jora they go to meet Sansa. Uh, Sansa meets Khaleesi. Bear Island, the Queen of Bear Island, she's staring. She is not impressed. Uh, neither is Sansa. Like I forgot who that Olympian was in like uh what was that twenty what two thousand eight? I don't know what year it was that wasn't impressed. Uh but Sansa's an unimpressed uh and old Brand bad news Brandon, he says uh, there's no time to talk uh, or a greeting. Uh, he knows everything. All the all the news you don't want to know. It's a uh, meeting time in the meeting hall. They say, Kid Umber, where are you? Uh, Where are your peeps? He says, we need a ride. I'm not, I don't have my license yet. Uh, This is the head of the Umbers, Kid Umber. Because I'm like 10. Somebody's got to drive me to go pick up my people. It was also like kind of a thing of like, who's in charge? Uh, Sansa's in charge ostensibly, but now is she overrided uh, by Jon Snow and the Khaleesi? Because he says, my lord, my lady, my lord, my queen. And then Bear Island, she quotes Madonna. She says, I've got something to say about it. Uh, and uh, there's a look like a LEWK and Sansa. So she says, What's up? John makes one of his uh, world famous, or, or uh, Westerosi famous, as far, known as far as the, the, uh, the Bear well beyond Bear Island, his apologetic speeches. Uh, there's three channels, like uh, there's like a lot of uh, candle chandeliers, uh, and uh, his speech doesn't you know really do anything. So Tyrion says, "Well, how about if I make a speech?" Uh, also, I noticed the tables they're sitting at were really nice. Holy mackerel! Give me one of those tables. Uh, and Tyrion said, Tyrion just gives more. And, uh, Tyrion says, "Let me turn off my charm, and just give you more bad news." Like, like one of those things where we say, okay, I'm going to tell you how you should feel and then give you more bad news. Uh, He says the Lannisters are coming to crash. Uh, Sleepover with all the Lannisters, most of them. Which reminds me to like, look at a map later. We will do that. Sansa, what uh, about food? Oh, she says, if you're going to have all these sleepovers, you got to have food. Did anybody bring any food with them? like she's kind of like been and left in charge. And she's like, what if, like, I, I went to the grocery store for this amount of people. And now you're rolling in with it. You're saying the Lannisters are coming over and we know those ki- they eat as much as they want. And they want, uh, you know, they said, are these, is this gourmet popcorn or regular popcorn? Uh, cause the Lannister only eats gourmet popcorn and we don't actually eat it with our hands. You know, we have it, uh, so that's what Sansa says. She she gives. There's a Khaleesi look. Uh, there's a joke uh, about what do, what do your puppies eat? She says whatever they want. A lot of jokes in this episode. they were well written jokes, uh, and I don't know what other people wrote about it, but I kind of felt like they said we're going to give we're going to put all the comic. Rel-. It wasn't really comic relief though, because this is a necessary like expository place setting episode. But it felt like they said, "Well, we gave uh, this. We got to get everybody one good one, one or two good one-liners." And I guess the jokes do give you a sense of like, uh, "Oh, this is—it's been 18 months. This is a character I love." Uh, So, this uh, Sanson Kalisi joke foundry. Oh, what's this kid? I put a oh Gendry. That's what it, it looks like. Foundry, but which would make sense. But it's Gendry uh who would work at a foundry. He gets some rocks. Uh Tyrion looks on as he's getting his rocks together. Uh, he rolls up on Sansa. uh a good old he gets this look uh, from uh, what's this uh, Lord Breastplate. Remember Lord Breastplate? Uh, he's been around for a while. He even knows Tyrion from like back in the uh whatever that place was called the place that was actually had like the rivers or whatever, River Run. Rivendell and I, I know that's not here but uh, I forgot maybe it is Rivendell but uh, he's that's the Lord Breastplate he still has his breastplate still has the same clothes on uh, like uh, he's very the continuity check uh, on Lord Breastplate holy cow and there's some more jokes uh, like uh, I will survive is a key kind of theme in this or we have uh, uh Tyrion definitely gets some quality lines but sansa gets a better burn at the end uh, because it's and it's the truth of truth uh because she rolls Tyrion, uh and he has nothing to say about it uh she says you were played uh with I, you know not even spelled correctly by your sister uh, then we get Brand staring Brandon staring number two. Uh, he's staring at Tyrion. Uh, this Espera to John at Tree. I don't know what that is. this Espera says, says, but uh John's at the tree. His eye, the tree's eyes are closed. Ari is there. At first she's stiff. She's got that arms at her side thing that her predecessor had. Uh, but then there's a big hug and then, I, I'm not going to, I'll tell you right now, this is the one part of the episode where I teared up. Uh, I think when Ari and Sansa's and Bran's reu- re- reunion and then this one, or maybe it was Bran and the uh, last season, this, I teared up. I, I got choked up. Uh, uh, Cause you, I think because they, like, you know, they actually love one another and maybe some of the other tension, the familial, interpersonal tension that was between all the other characters this episode you could let your guard down you see okay they still love each other but Arya says you know what uh, you, you know you know what uh, usually it's onion night or uh, sir jorah time for me to do some truth telling john snow because he actually tries to splain her and sansa and she de them him mighty quick she says you uh, and she doesn't even fully de him she says, there's a lot I don't even need to say, yo, because like, uh, about how cool and tough I am, but I'll just tell you, Sansa's a lot smarter than any of your peeps. Yeah. So that was a, one of the high, I mean, that was a high point for me. Uh, yeah, both are emotional. They give another hug, but she says, you know, just remember who's family. And again, that's another thread, uh, then, but it still, still be family because, uh, but, uh. Then we're in King's Landing. Oh, boy, is the weather good in King's Landing. And Cersei's is out enjoying it. I didn't realize this, but she likes to just uh, stand outside and listen to the bird calls with, like, 8,000 stormtrooper guards uh, around her for I don't know exactly what reason other than show. And Maester, I forget what his name is. He's Necklegain. I'll think of his name maybe at some point. uh. But he comes in, he says, bad news. And she says, that's good news for me, uh, actually. So I'm not worried about it. Uh, Trouble at the wall. Then we see all these ships in the bay. Uh, We see there's a golden squid, but it has like a red symbol on it, uh, which was from G.I. Joe. Remember, G.I. Joe had uh, the people G.I. Joe was against. uh, I can't say their name on here, but uh, that's also on the sale. And also, uh, let's see, same, there's a dude from Harvard, like 100% that that dude went to Harvard. Uh, He's seen on one of the ships, and we see Euron. he goes uh, uh, to see uh, Below to make a speech uh, about the Greyjoys and the Queen and how cool he is. And he really got a lot of screen time and dialogue this episode. And I will say this actor must do a great job because I really love the he said, you're on, yeah, but all, like, all over, please, I'd love to, all over it, because, uh, but he did, makes a speech to, uh, oh, um, a character's name, I forget, uh, and the other character's name, I forget, uh, Greyjoy, I almost added it, uh, Theon's sister, I almost had it, uh. Uh, Also, he does this, like, it feels like he's, like, auditioning. He says, hey, Pirates of the Caribbean, I hear you're putting out one more movie. You know, if you need a lead, I think my audition is done here. You got it. And I would say they probably should. uh... Then we see King's Landing. Sleaze. Oh, Sleaze. 2049. Oh, twenty forty nine. Here's a here's a uh, Queen Cersei. Not really a joke, but Queen Cersei's so rich. Uh, how rich is he, Scoot? How rich is she, Scoots? Actually, by the way, Scoots, your joke. Uh, these things have existed the whole series, and not just in this episode. Uh, thanks. How rich is she? So rich, she has uh, heaters for her column, marble columns. But I guess they've been there the whole time, and I don't know. Do they heat the marble column, or Are they just for light? Or I mean, I see it kind of makes sense. Hot air rises. A warm marble column would radiate heat. Uh, but I just I don't know. Uh, so that's how rich Queen Queen Circe is. So she has uh, heaters for marble columns. Uh, small mystery. It was a small mystery and more glamming. I don't know what the small mystery was. Maybe like oh that he snuck off, but she wanted elephants. The Golden Company's there, and the dude from the Golden Company, he like uh, he's the Harvard dude. He looks like a, like a, not like one of the Winklevoss twins, not the actor that played it. Like I said, is that one of the Winklevoss Winklevi? I mean, it's not against anything, it's just he's striking a wink, Winklevalian pose. I, I said, uh yeah, I don't know, I said, okay, that would make sense, a golden company, Winklevosses. Uh, I said, well, yeah, we're uh, here in uh, acquisitions, uh, we're here to acquire your gold and whatever else we can get. Uh, Captain Strickland, uh, even that, you say, okay, you sound like you should be CEO. I I I've 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 always said Mr. Strickland. Can I uh, speak to you? Yeah, but the Golden Company has no elephants. Also a win winkle oh, that was my Winklevoss joke, I think. Okay, and then there's a long on, uh Cersei exchange with uh one counterpoint. Uh and I said I, I didn't really I honestly was trying to make a uh, sense of it. This is my fourth watch of it right now. And he says, Cersei, is this like, uh, my, je- well, one, maybe I'm just jealous, uh, but, uh, like, I said, is she playing this dude? Or is it, I mean, there's one turning at, uh, like, a uh, keystone here coming up. Uh, she calls him insolent. Uh, oh, yeah, so is she playing him or looking to forget? Uh, but she she goes, she says, okay, let's go hang uh, Netflix and chill like we did in 2015. Uh, she shares a look with the Maester. So I think something is up, but I'm just not sure. And Blueface is like, no. Uh, then Brown is in Rumor Mill City. They talk about Archie, Tall, Handsome Will, uh, Ginger Eddie. And then the maester rolls in and he says, uh, break up the uh, good gas up a chain here. We got gold. We got the family crossbow and you're in charge of poetic justice, Bron. or at least the full character arc for eight seasons. Uh, which will it be? And I didn't, I don't like to like totally predict things, but I did think, uh, I don't know how things are going to turn out for Bron. I mean, come on, dude. Like, uh. Like hopefully he makes a choice early, so I don't have to wait until the last episode to say, "Brian, don't come on, man." You got like you don't even need, it. but he is a cell sword. But I do think it's interesting that the name Kingslayer came up uh, for Jamie, and I say, wait a second, that could be a role uh, Jamie may play. Uh, I mean, like in a positive way, if he, if if Jamie's going towards redemption. Uh, but we'll see. It wanted those elephants. That was a, Cersei has some killer lines here. It wanted some elephants. Uh, also, I said, I wonder what Urine's breast is like. Uh, I said, it matters with his confidence. But uh, she goes, you're not boring. I'll give you that. So there's another there's another reason for me to be jealous. Uh, and then I like how she says, now I would like to be alone. And I said, that's what me all the time. I just can't ask uh but 28 minutes you really get a, a piece of wonderful acting uh yeah she gives this look uh, in a swallow right like waits until you're leaves and the door closes uh after she says i want to be alone really like transcendent uh watching it now they're exchanging looks he's vamping for a while and she's just kind of playing uh you know, with him a little bit, but he, you know, he's trying to uh, be the coolest. Uh, and she's saying, yeah, well, and uh, now he's, she says hit the road, Jack. Uh, she doesn't even get up. He's got to stand and, and be cool. She's just kicking back with her vino. I did think he has a good line. She says, uh, we've done something less uh, to men, less than you. He goes, those who are lesser men uh yeah we have a couple moments there's another face moment when he says hey like uh uh, something and she gives a look and now she's listening to him leave she's thinking her eyes are moving listening door closes uh true motion comes in for brief uh swallowed seconds yeah we see some quiet shifts at night uh and Super Theon shows up, who I guess I, I haven't done enough rewatching, but, uh, Super Theon shows up, reunites with his sister. They say to the Iron Islands and they say, well, yeah. Theon says, well, maybe to Winterfell. And then I was like, weren't you there when we reunited with, like, uh, or was he, was he in King's Landing for the meeting? I thought he was, but I don't know. Yeah, he definitely was because, uh, Whatever. Uh, they say to Winterfell, oh, yeah, I'm doing it. Uh, uh, then a sad look. Uh, then there's more marching. Uh, it's cold in the northern, uh, north, uh, tents. There's tents. And Unite you know, makes a speech about car uh, uh, Starks and uh, uh, Queen didn't know her great uh, G. Uh, sound different a sound effect? Oh no no. Goes as stubborn as goats, and then there's a goat sound effect. That was great. And he also says a proposal is what I'm proposing. Also a trebuchet is getting made, maybe. Uh, and then there's like, oh bad news versus a says nothing lasts. Uh Sister don't like me. Oh, then we have Khaleesi and John talking. Your sister doesn't like me. We don't need to be friends uh and then she says, uh it's time for a dragon ride, John snow, Oh, first, we find out that dragons don't like the north uh John sounds like Sam when he's nervous about the dragon ride, and then this is real top gun action. they go showing off i mean John's like barely hanging on uh. Uh, but they go, they do a dive. This could be, oh, this was the theme park ride. You could have a sense, like fine scent, snow, this cold smell, uh, something else smell, probably like a castle cooking stuff smell. Also, I noticed Khaleesi's maroon belt and uh, as she was flying. So they do fly by so everybody can see. Then they land at the, oh boy, the, uh, the old eight w- waterfalls of Umbertown. Most famous spot near Winterfeld for a kiss, and then the dra- dragons are like, you, you, "Do you know how Bran stares? We're going to stare at you too if you try to kiss." Uh, and they say something, you know, some lines like, "Hey, is it cold out here? We'll warm it up, Chris." And then Jon Snow says, "I'm about to." And then we see Gendry working uh, in the forge or something. Ari rolls in with a uh, new uh, thing she wants. Oh, first she says hi to the hound. They're kind of stunned. Awkward. Stay close to, to that forge, buddy. She says if you're cold. Uh, she, she kind of watch this, like, blow spear, projectile spear thing. So she has notes for him. Uh, then, oh, no, then we have Sansa reading notes from, uh, she says, Glover's out, is staying at Deepwood Matts. And Sansa has to do some truth-telling, uh, but, she, uh, but she wants the truth, too. She says, John, what's up with this? Uh, but then we have Jora and the Khaleesi. They go to uh, talk to Sam to say thanks for saving Jorah, who seems to be back in the Khaleesi's good graces. Uh, uh, there's another good line. She say, so you're the man. He goes, which man? And then we have another high acting moment as Sam gets the news about old uh, jerk uh, jerkface Starley and his brother, uh, and Jorah kind of gives these, uh, oh, like lower eye thing. Uh, and it was highlighted by Sam saying, may I break out of here? To which he gets Bran's stare number three. Wait, Bran's waiting to give him a look, uh. And he says, "What are you doing?" And Brian says, "Waiting for old friend." Which, if you get to watch the episode more than once, uh, this is definitely uh, the full circle. I mean, that was great. Like, if you, even if you like, if you watch the first episode and you had some sort of unfulfilled thing, and then you watch it again when you hit that moment, you say, "Okay, I'm fulfilled uh, now." Uh, because it it just, I'm not kidding. Like it makes up the payoff of the episode so good. And he says, time to tell. Now's the time to tell John. Oh, theme park, Ned statue. Uh, There's a sign in there that says no selfies. Uh, And Sam rolls in like I would. He trips in over everything. John's like lighting candles for his dad or whatever. And they say big hugs. And I like, he said, were you hiding from me? And uh, Sam says, of course not. Uh, ever declines all the news. John makes a lot of apologies. Uh, uh, Sam delivers all the news and about everything, about jerk face Charlie. And about Sam and Khaleesi or John and Khaleesi being related. More about John being king than saying, you know, you're related. Uh, so John makes a lot of apologies, uh, since I even read the, the high acceptance diary and branded Brandon things, uh, while they're talking, there's a nice, like over the shoulder shot of the Ned statue. I thought it was good. And then John's like totally speechless. Uh, who will wear the crown? I don't know. Uh, then we have Tormund in the Brotherhood without banners. Old fi- old Firesword, our friend, who's, you know, the names I can't remember. Uh, it, actually, I love that guy's name, too. Baron Baron Von uh, Firesword. No, his name starts, Bar- not Barum. I think his name's Barak Don, Don, Dondarian. Uh, see, I did remember somebody's name that other maester, Clayburn, Clyburn. There you go. I just un- unlocked a part of my brain. Uh, so Barrick Dondarrion, I guess the other dude, I, I think he stayed in the North. I can't, re- like, I remember the guy that looked like, uh, um, uh, not Jeff Daniels. Anyway, I don't like, I'm getting mixed up, but, uh, so Barrick Dondarrion, Tormund, and the crew are down looking for stuff. Uh, yeah, but they're investigating someplace like, uh, but I couldn't, I, I guess it was Deepwood mot or the other place uh, that came up, whatever was at the beginning of the episode, uh, which will come up because I'm going to check the map when I do the, uh, the facts, uh, uh, Brotherhood, Old Forest, Fire Sword, Tormund give you a frat low, frat low meetup, uh, with that dude, uh, oh, Tormund, uh, Tormund gives Fire Sword. He goes, you go first, bro but only by look he does that, uh, then they meet up with a dude whose name I can, I definitely can never remember who took over the like in North. Uh, he was like, uh, John Snow's third best friend or second best. He originally was his third best friend, worked his way up to second, uh, after Sam. And, uh, I like that guy. He looks a bit like, uh, I put something. He reminds me of someone. I want to call him, uh, what name did I always want to call him? Not Sam. Oh, Ned. But I don't think his name is Ned. I think I've been calling him that, though. He's got a pretty good nickname. Uh, but they say, oh, the Night King's been here. Uh, le- left some snacks unfinished, finished. Uh, and, uh, like, uh, he's on his way. So then there's serious drama because they say, okay, they're between the wall and here. So they're on their way to Winterfell if we double up on the horses, we might just get there in time. And that goes, So drama gets ratcheted up for next episode. And then we have Winterfell. We see this one, this uh, like uh, I thought it could have been who it was, but then I was like, is this some sort of, uh, something to stir up the pot even more? I mean, I guess the, the whole episode is more about stirring up, uh, all these fan. like uh, what the show's really about Like, uh, what it's like to try to be an adult. And now these adults that have been on this eight season journey and dealing with something not easy, See, Santa, Khaleesi, kind of, Khaleesi and John are a little bit oblivious, I guess, because, but everybody else says, you want us to just deal with this situation now, I guess John's trying to deal with it. Uh, they say, why do we have to deal with it? You know, why couldn't you have just been king or why can't you just be total king now? What was my point, though? Oh, see, so this dude's on a horse. uh, He's got a hood on. And uh, then he gets off the horse and they say, hello, handsome. Because after his hood comes off, you see that jawline. They say, well, holy mackerel, that's a jaw. Devastating, you know, as they say. See, this guy, like, he puts the finesse in finesse shampoo. And he puts the H-A-W-T in VO5 hot oil. I said, holy mackerel. Uh, he wipes his face off, and we get Brandon, number five brand look uh, of the episode. You see, Vape City, man, those eyes are only halfway open. He's like, maybe the edibles. I don't know what brand has been up to. Uh, but Jamie wipes off his face, and says, Jamie goes, oh, dear. Hmm. That's, uh. My handsomeness isn't going to help with this, this situation. And Bran has his chin up for, for as uh, spaced out as, as he is. I noticed his chin was literally up, uh, like, his posture-wise. And his old friend has arrived. The great payoff. Uh, it definitely, like, uh, I mean, there was the Cersei acting moment, the Sand acting moment, some really good lines and then just this emotional completion actually in some sense i mean we'll see how it resolves itself uh if it does uh or it gets addressed but uh everybody and i think the voice and many have to talk about this too about everybody's coming full circle uh back to where it started at the beginning of the first season some lannisters uh I mean, everybody's there, but Cersei, that's in, like, I think. I'd have to really look at that. Uh, And then a lot of new friends, too. I don't know if Lord Breastplate was there. I think he was out in uh, River 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 Run at Baldur's Gate. No, that's really a joke. Uh, But uh, so that's uh, the episode, and now we'll run through some facts here. Uh, So we're going to open with uh, Bad News Bears, just because, like, well, actually, like, a lot of the news wasn't great that got delivered. Ian, I don't know if I looked any of it up. Bad News Bears, it was a movie that came out in 2005 and 76. Uh, uh, American, and I think the 76 version is better, um, uh, but I haven't watched it in a long time. Sports comedy film, Walter Mastow, Tatum O'Neill, uh, two seg- sequels, Bad News Bears and Breaking Training and Bad News Bears Go to Japan. In a 70, 70 to nine to 80 television series in a 2005 remake, uh, it was original screenplay by Bill Lan- Lan- Lancaster, uh, Jerry Fielding rewrote kind of some of the themes from, uh, the opera Carmen and the plot. We don't have to go like, uh, into that, uh, but it's about kids who softball and let's see. I don't know. Really, like, yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, let see what else it was. Let's see. Tatum Neal got three hundred fifty thousand to be in the movie, plus a percentage of the, po- of the profits, which were later estimated to be one point nine million. It was filmed in L.A. Yeah, the field they played. We should do that. The Mason Park in uh, Chatsworth. Uh, they were sponsored by a real company, Chico's Bail Bonds. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, this is all from Wikipedia. Gives a, a, a score of ninety-seven percent and an average rating from critics of uh, seven point six out of ten. Rude, profane, cynical, but honest, unforced humor in a deft, understated performance by Matthau. Ebert gave the three-star film three stars out of four. Scathing look at competition in American society. Uh, Cisco gave it two and a half stars saying, uh, there was more types than real people and didn't like too, too much foul mouth dialogue. Uh variety called it the funniest adult child comedy since paper moon. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, I don't know think about the 2005 remake. I mean, I saw it like issue was with me. It was like, uh that the uh, 2005 remake just had too much. Uh, the acting was a little bit too much uh, the kid acting. It's a difficult thing. It was uh, just too polished. Uh, it's just a film, Bad News Bears, if you want to check it out ever. And uh, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know, one of the great disappointments in my life was my, well, I've only done one, was my first and only mud bath. And I definitely think it was at the wrong place and at the wrong time. Uh, But it was definitely like, you know, as a kid, I said, one day I'm going to take a mud bath and then I'll know I've made it and I'm living my best life or whatever people say nowadays. Uh, And then when I finally did a mud bath, uh, it was more of like a bark bath. They talked about it and it was at a resort and I've talked to other people. It wasn't at a super fancy resort. It was like an old school resort. And it was there with like romantically, but they had to, it was a 100% separate experience. Uh, so you book it together and then they have a men's locker room and a woman's locker room. And then it was literally like a, a bathtub in a men's locker room. Uh, and that was only one thing. Like you said, there's no mountains, no picturesque waterfalls, but also it was like, uh, I was literally expecting to be in a mud bag one in two, in mud, this was definitely bark uh, and not mud, or, I mean, to me. Uh, but see, uh, let's see if there's any notes about it. There really isn't. Uh, mud baths in the U.S. are mostly found in resorts in California and Miami Beach, uh, made of uh, local volcanic ash, Canadian peat. That's I, I was in a peat bath, probably, in naturally heated mineral waters. And that's my problem. I, I, I wanted a mud bath, not a peat bath. Uh, in Romania, they're famous for mud baths, hyper uh, hypersaline environment. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess that's uh, that's it. I would like. Uh, I just looked it up on Wikipedia. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of looks. Uh, so I googled L E W K because uh, I don't know there's so many looks. I said, what happened if I Google look L E W K? In this article from January sixth, twenty fifteen, on thecut.com, dot uh, com, why it's good to have a signature look lewk. It's by Veronica uh, Veronica uh, Veronica Highland, and I'll link to it. Uh, my first inkling that a signature look was more than a time saving game gambit came outside a tent at uh Somerset House in Central London. Uh, it was covering oh, let's see, I'll, I'll paraphrase covering Fashion Week. Uh, and, uh, Susie, uh, let's see, maybe, uh, let's see. Susie Mankus uh, with her trademark, Lupe de Lupe Buffon, uh, and in a number of street style stars, each with their own copyright worthy looks has sailed past, uh, you'd spot them coming and going. Uh, Sincere Coco Chanel uh, looks to have been popular and synonymous with fashion personalities. Uh, Let's see, what else do we have here? A word of caution, look is not made overnight. uh, You don't find out who you are unless you work at it. uh, So, I don't know, it's an interesting look. uh, And there's a bunch of, uh, there's a slideshow with different, like it starts off with Karl Lagerfeld, who definitely has a look. uh, but I think it even goes through, like, Mr. Rogers and Steve Jobs. Uh, so I'll link to that article. Okay, we're going to do the lyrics of this song last, but Express Yourself came up, and uh, it's a song by Madonna from her fourth studio album, Like a Prayer, in 89. Uh, it was the second single, May ninth, 1989. It was also on her Greatest, uh, greatest Hits collections. And uh, you know my daughter, she she almost was Madonna for Halloween. Uh, upbeat dance pop song. It's got instrumentation from brass, hand claps, drum beats, uh, chorus backed by, by saxophone and percussion. And we'll talk about the lyrics. David Fincher did the video, inspired by the Fritz Lang classic Metropolis, with a budget of five million, which would be ten million today. It was uh, the it, it is still the third uh, most expensive video of all time, and it's been uh, performed on four of Madonna's world tours. Uh, covered on Glee, and let's see, it has also left the work on a lot of other pop acts. Uh, let's see. The Look of Love from 87 film soundtrack, Who's That Girl? B-side. Madonna started work on Lake of Prayer. She considered many options, including her musical direction. But I don't want to talk anything else about the lyrics or anything because it's it's a great song. It's just crazy how well it hits. So let's see the critical reception. Uh, Rush Yourself got mainly positive reviews. Uh, Let's see. Even Holden of the New York Times observed Madonna repudiated the philosophy of her previous single, Material Girl, and expressed herself uh, with a more thirty-year-old view of life. Uh, uh, Karen James declared it one of her most exuberant songs. Uh, so, just interesting. I mean, the link to it. There's a lot more. A great, great song. All right, so one one thing I wanted to do is look at this map, uh, viewersguide.hbo.com. I'll link to it. There's also another map I'll link to uh, because it's just unsure, like, with uh, the north, like, how they know, why are they definitely coming to Winterfell? And I kind of looked at the map, and if you come from the north, uh, like, there's mountains uh, on one side, uh and then there's a road, so I guess if you have a like you'd be coming down the road and then there's a lot of forests uh oh, the last hearth I think was where they were, which is between yeah, which is where kid Umber's from uh in let's see if it has uh if, if, if so that's like one of the towns you'd come through, you know molestown, the wall, then you'd come down molestown. The Gift uh, is a swath of land in the north. Then you have Last Hearth, which is the House of Umber. And my worry would be, like, what if this army's, like, cutting around Winterfell? There's Car Car sharks uh, Those are there o- o- over closer to the water. It looks like they have a lot of woods. There's a big river. Uh, Dreadfort, that's where the Boltons live. Uh, so that's the other direction they could come. Uh, but you know, the the the, the Starks control that. Hornwood. Uh but I guess like oh get, to get to the south though you have to go through Winterfell. because oh, Moat Kalen, that's all Modi, right? Uh yeah, there's a lot of rivers. so I guess the, the most effective way, uh, depending on how big those rivers are, is you'd come along the mountains and then you'd avoid all the rivers. Uh if you're headed south. River Run was the name of that city. I couldn't get right uh and then yeah eventually it's a long way to King's Landing from up there and of course the Twins is down there too. So yeah, so that's a, like uh I just wanted to see that. But yeah, the quartermaster.info intro info is the other one. Now this is another of lyrics uh, I will survive by Gloria Gaynor. I definitely associate this song with some like places I used to go to in the Bronx like that and uh a meat meatloaf song i gotta know right now or whatever that one is uh it, even though it was like uh, 20 years after the original songs came out uh, i guess it was going through a a, revi- a revival or always just playing in bars uh but it came out in 78 originally uh tops 14 million since its release uh sales it was originally re- released as a b-side to the cover of uh righteous brother song substitute but became a worldwide hit uh when disc disc jockey started playing that song instead entered the billboard hop at 100 in december of the year it came out reached number one it was a disco it was unique for its time by virtue of gainers uh, having no background singers uh unlike her first disco hits the track was not pitched up to make it faster and render her voice higher and register than what she actually sang. Uh, most disco hits at the time were heavily produced with multiple voices, overdubs, and adjustments. Uh, they did a 79 a promotional video at uh, Disco Xenon, uh, oh, which was a skater one. Uh, uh, one of the skaters from the skating group, the Village Wizards, was in it. uh so, impact and legacy. was list as one of the hundred great number one of the hundred greatest dance songs by VH1, uh, Rolling Stone number two of best disco songs of all time, uh, Daily Telegraph forty-eight of the hundred greatest songs of all time, and Peace Magazine put it number seven of the sixty best dance floor classics. And let's see if I can read it in a poetic way so it doesn't come across as a wormy at first i was afraid i was petrified you just think about how this is uh reflective of the north uh and maybe john still and the khaleesi kept thinking i could never love you without you by my side uh, this kind of applies to everybody but then i spent so many nights thinking how you did me wrong and i grew strong learned how to get along maybe jamie was singing this is ride to the north uh, and so you're back from outer space. Uh, just walked in to find you here with that sad look upon your face. Uh, I should have changed that stupid lock. I should have made you leave your key. If I'd known for one second you'd be back uh, to bother me. Uh, get out of here. Hit the road. Out the door. Just turn around now. You're not welcome anymore. Weren't you the one who tried to, to hurt me with Goodbye. Did you think I'd crumble? Did you think I'd lay down and uh, go to the big farm? Nope, I'll survive. Uh, as long as I know how to love, I know I'll stay alive. Uh, I've got all my life to live. I've got all my love to give, and I'll survive. Uh, hey, hey, hey. Uh, so that's a little bit from that song. Uh, okay, word S-A-T word for the day is insolent. I-N-S-O-L-E-N-T, insolent. Uh, it's from the French... Uh, and this really doesn't give us, uh, this isn't a good dictionary. Insular. I'm not looking for the etymology, uh, to insulate, uh, insolent, uh, okay. I'm sorry. Like this isn't a good definition. Okay. Here we go. It's just showing a rude and arrogant lack of respect. Uh, I can use it in a sentence, she disliked the insolent tone of his voice, uh, insolent, uh, I N S O L E N T. insolent. Uh so there you go. Or if you're in a spelling competition, uh probably be in the round where we're pretty early on, I would yes. Okay, Poetic Justice came out, and I wanted to encourage you to see the nineteen ninety three film uh, Poetic Justice. Uh it's a John Singleton movie, has Janet Jackson, Tupac, Regina King, and Joe Torrey. And you know Regina King is—you uh, don't get hotter than uh, her acting r- right now. So, uh, in, the main, uh, in the film, the main character, Justice, writes poems, which she recites throughout the film. The poems were uh, featured were written by Maya Angelou, who also appears in the film. Uh, last poets make an appearance towards the end of the film. It was number one at the box office. It opened with eleven point seven mil and grossed uh, over 27 and a half. Uh, uh, Janet Jan Jackson received nominations for an Academy Award and Golden Globe for Best Original Song. Uh, Kendrick Lamar references it later in uh, Kendrick Lamar's single, po- Poetic Justice, uh, which also samples uh, Janet Jackson's song Anytime, Anyplace. Uh, it got mixed reviews, but it's uh, like a, a sleeper favorite cult film. Uh, uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, I don't want to spoil the plot for anybody. Uh Box Office Mojo. Uh, let's see. And, it's really, and I don't know if the reviewers are really the best uh, people that like. Uh, I guess a lot of people compared it to Boys in the Hood, uh, which was another Singleton movie. Roger Debert said uh, Boys in the Hood was one of the most powerful films uh, of its time. Poetic justice is not; it's equal, but doesn't aspire to be. It's a softer, gentler film, more of a romance uh, than a commentary on social conditions. Unwinds like a road picture from the early '70s, in which the characters are introduced and set off on a trip that becomes a journey of discovery. A variety said, though aiming to create a feel for the locale, a Singleton periodically loses the sight of the audience is unfamiliar with the lingo. Poetic Justice has a lot to commend, but discipline is not high in its list. Uh it holds a 31% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, but a lot of people consider it one of Singleton's most enduring films. Uh can't go wrong with Janet Jackson. Uh I think TLC's on there. Uh Tupac, uh, Nate Dogg, Carl, Warren G. Uh, Tony Tony Tone. Uh, so check it out. I mean, uh, like, uh, I guess uh, I should rewatch it. It's probably been at least 20 years for me. Uh, but yeah, check out Poetic Justice. Now what about trebuchets? Uh, is like, uh, they're a, a French, uh, form of a catapult, uh, or that's a French word, a siege engine, which uses a swinging arm to throw a projectile. Uh, They started uh, first appeared in China in the 4th century B.C., spread westward, uh, adopted by the Byzantines in the 6th century, uh, using manpower to swing uh, the arm. Uh, Later, counterweight trebuchet, or counterpoise trebuchet, used a counterweight to swing the arm. Uh, It's used as, as a compound machine. This is all from Wikipedia. Mechanical advantage of a lever to throw a projectile. There are large ones made of wood, reinforced with metal leather rope and other materials. Uh, probably be getting used next episode. Long beam attached by an axle suspended high above the ground. Stout frame and base, uh, such as a beam. beam, can rotate vertically through a wide arc over 180 degrees. Uh, a sling is attached to one end of the beam to hold the projectile. Uh, the projectile is thrown when the beam is quickly rotated by applying force to the opposite end of the beam. A mechanical advantage is obtained primarily by uh, having the projectile into the beam much longer than the opposite end where the force is applied, usually four to six times longer uh, powered by gravity potential energy is stored by slowly raising an extremely heavy box uh, filled with weights. Uh, attached by a hinge connection to the shorter end of the beam, and releasing it on command. Uh, Traction trebuchets are human-powered. On command, men pull ropes attached to the shorter end of the trebuchet beam. The difficulties of coordinating the pull makes counterweight ones better, especially for uh, larger ones, but they're more complicated to engineer. Uh, further increasing their complexity is that winches or tread wheels, aided by block and tackle, are required to raise the uh, bigger counterweights. Uh, so while counterweight ones uh, have fewer people to operate, they have uh, they take more time to reload. And long siege uh, reload time can be critical. Uh, when it's loose, the force causes rotational acceleration of the beam around the axle, the fulcrum of the lever. And these factors multiply the acceleration transmitted to the throwing portion of the beam and its attached to sling. The sling starts rotating with the beam but rotates further and therefore faster transmitting the increased speed to the projectile. And that's how it works. Terminology, we don't need that. Uh, hybrids, it looks like they're building a the counterweight one. Once it started, you know, using, uh, fireworky type stuff, they got, uh, now they're mostly used to like on, uh, you know, TV shows, uh, throwing pumpkins, uh, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, but we'll see one on the next episode for sure. And then we'll close out the poem. Uh, come on girls. Uh, do you believe in love? Uh, cause I've got something to say about it and it goes a little something like this. Don't go forsaken best, baby. Put your love to the test. You know, you know you've know you got to make him express how he feels, uh, and then you'll know your love is real. This is uh, by Madonna, by the way. You don't need diamond rings or 18-karat gold. Fancy cars that go very fast, you know, they never last. No, no. What you need is a big, strong hand to lift you to a higher ground, make you feel like a queen on a throne. Make him love you till you can't come down. Don't go for second best baby. Put your love to the test, you know. You know you gotta make him express how he feels, and then he'll know the love is real. Uh, Long stem roses are the way to your heart, but he needs to start with your head. Satin sheets are very romantic. What happens when you're not there? You deserve the best in life, uh, so if the time isn't right, then move on. Second best is be- never enough. Uh, you'll do much better, baby, on your own. Uh, so, again, don't go for second best, baby. Put your love to the test, you know? You know you got to make him express how he feels, uh, and then you know your love is real. Uh, express yourself. you got to make him express himself. Hey, 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 hey. So if you want it right now, make him show you how. Express what he's got, baby, ready or not. And when you're gone, he might regret it. Think about the love he once had. Try to carry on, but he won't get it. He'll be back on his knees to express himself. You got to make him express himself. Hey, hey. So that's just a little bit about what came up in the episode. Uh, Thanks. Uh, Hello, hello. My name is uh, Tom, and uh, you may know me as Mikey. But my real name is Tommen, and I'm here to tell you a tale uh, with my best friend, Sir Pounce. uh, Podman said I could go right into our tales, which will be an ongoing, as Podman says, episodically serial modular series, uh, uh, which I'll tell you about soon. But I'm Tommen. You may remember me from such roles as your grace, your lord, uh, first of his name. And many, you know, m- many other important roles I've filled, uh, uh, you know, things that my mother would say, stop, you know, stop your sniveling. I did it. You know, that is a role I filled. Tom and what do you keep staring at? Uh, Endless. Close your mouth. Those roles are other roles I filled with. But the role I'm most proud of is best friend. I'm a best friend to the greatest cat who's ever lived, the greatest friend who's ever been a cat, and the greatest cat who's ever been a friend. One, Sir uh, From a faithful day, uh, Sir Pounce came into my life, and we looked at one another in the eyes, and Sir Pounce turned away, then looked back, then walked away, then paw- pawed my bed, and flicked Sir Pounce's tail, then jumped off the bed, and I wondered where are you going? You're supposed to be my cat and best friend and then returned eventually and looked at me again, and then took a bath slowly in a manner that I attempted to replicate and mother was not pleased with when I licked my hands and I said I'm giving myself a bath, that's what I'm doing, mother. You know, not in the you know, not in the throne. What put your put your robes on I'm I'm bathing myself like Sabance, mother. I lick my hands and then wash myself with my hands. This house about stay so clean. But those days are behind me with mother and her things, but with friendship and best friendship, the greatest friendship, and I've learned this is a term I've learned, mammals have ever known. And beyond, there is no friendship beyond mammals that I've heard about. You mammals are doing a great job with befriending uh, is just Sir Pounce and I. So I just wanted that to be clear. This is a tale of our adventures, as always, there is tales. And these particular adventures take place. It's Sir Tom and Sir Pounce, and in the world of noir Chardonnay. Out there, there's a world where the lights are turned down, there's sepia tones. And uh, music playing on a trumpet or a saxophone. And there in a fedora cap is Sir Tom and at an his side, trusty friend Sir Pounce. The two of them are gumshoes, and they make their way in the world, uh, a world inhabited by another friend they have, Noir Chardonnay, who uh, it is so popular in Noir Chardonnay uh, uh, is that the world is also influenced by Noir Chardonnay. Oh, Noir, Noir. Uh, it is a world where it's rainy and misty, where neon signs reflect in the puddles in the streets, and where round every turn it, 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 the actual thing is not that different than Westeros around every turn is a vagabond or a person in need of uh, of something and of something in this case of uh, a hero or two uh, with uh, six legs uh pounce and And it was one day we had an office in the nightclub run by Noir Chardonnay called Noir Chardonnay. Uh, in the back was our office, uh, where we would hang, listen to the, you know, the music, uh, wait for Noir Chardonnay to come. And Noir Chardonnay would say, make sure to call me by Noir Chardonnay or they, not Scooter. But they don't have a speaking role, so it does not matter. Uh, or why is why for me, for for the world, uh, Noir Chardonnay was a great, uh, Entertainer and uh, influence of fashion. This is the part that the Podman wrote of fashion and style, a trendsetter and a trend breaker. That was noir Chardonnay. But for me and Sir Pounce, just a wise, sage friend. And it was there uh, where Sir Pounce and I were sitting, enjoying the atmosphere and thinking. When the door to my office opened and someone entered, someone vaguely familiar, I didn't know if they were from my past or my present or my future. And I said, uh, how are how you doing? Uh, what, what, do you, what, what, what do we do you for? And she said, I'm here for, for, for are you, Termin and then Pounce. Uh, it, it's been too long. And I said, What do you call yourself? Uh we're here, uh wh- what do you need? Are you in need of a great case? You got something for us? And they said, uh my, my name's misela misela and uh yeah, I've lost uh, uh I-, I never appreciated the best friendship I had. And uh I've come to uh you know, help you cross over the final threshold to adult. And I said, I'm here to solve cases, not cross thresholds to adulthood. And they said, I think someone's uh, uh, moving pieces like chess pieces. Uh, I feel like I would have wanted to be your best friend, and I tried to be kind to you, a uh, uh, sister. And I said, talking, you're talking in metaphors this is our game, right, Sapphans? Meow and to so pounce me out in the way I just did, but more with a yeah, meow, she, except I did that part. And uh, she went on talking about uh, uh, sibling rivalry and appreciation of uh, a brother um, somewhat difficult of, uh, she said, simple of something, and I said, uh, Anyway, what, you know, let's get, let's get down to brass tacks, eh? Originally, when I started doing the voice, I had to keep something in my mouth to be able to do, oh, sorry to break it, but now I can do it of nat- natural, so much rehearsals it is. And I said, uh, why don't we take a walk, you, I, and Shepounce, this is Shepounce, my best friend and cat, uh, sounds like you've been through a lot. She said, oh, yes, I have, uh, I've been through a lot, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I wish, we, you know, and I, I said, you, you need to talk in stories here, you know, you're talking directly to me, and you're breaking my cover, this is the world of Noir Chardonnay, and she said, I said, maybe do it like once upon a time, and she said, once upon a time, there was a girl named Mazzella, and she was born into an aristocracy, uh, that had was also in the world. She, she, she said, do "You watch the good place," and I said, "I do." Oh my goodness, I do. I, I love it. And I said, "What do you mean? Is that on the tube?" Ah, that's for suckers. Uh, but she, she, I, she, she said, "Pandemonium." And I said, oh, look, "Jason is my favorite character. He, he makes me laugh so much." But also Derek. I, I see, I see Derek, and I say. Is that do I know you when I okay, so uh, I said Oh interesting, interesting pandemonium and a bit of a not easy times. And then we walked down a street lined with shops uh so pounce walking ahead of us uh, five exactly five point five paces a slow slinky walk uh, to help us time our walk. And I took the lead as, as Sir Pounce turned and looked in a window of a store, a department store, lining the uh, city streets. The city, you know, that tells, has a thousand ta- tales to tell. Uh, so then Sir Bounce, you know, moved to Sir Bounce, But this was only one tale, but Sir Pounce's tale was moving. And we looked in the shop window. And there, in the shop window, was everything I needed to, to solve uh, this one. For it was very nice clothes, a, a living room scene, a fireplace, and mannequins. But they only had they, they weren't they were just mannequin uh, torsos and bodies and arms, but no, like uh, they 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 may, may have dealt with my mother. They may these mannequins may have met my mother at some point. Uh, but they were standing there in the room. But on one side of the room was uh, a, a bigger, grander character who we could say was uh, a king-like character once upon a time with a g- g- glass of wine and a turkey stick in his hand. And I, so I told him as I was you know, using it, you know, this is partially real, partially true. And uh, next to him was a young boy, about, uh, you know, five or six, and then a, a girl about uh, nine or eleven. And they were seemed to be having a glorious g- 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 time with this king-like character who had a, you know, even though this he didn't have a big grin on his face, you could see it. He was friendly but unpredictable. Then on the other side of the room... Was a like a young boy sitting there, staring at the tube, or well, his arms crossed. Maybe of age of uh, eleven or twelve. Uh, looked like he had eaten something that made him. He made his face uh, make a, a puckery face. And he was taking everything in and judging it and calculating. He, he and just, as I've learned the new terms, I would say he was infantile though many people would throw that um, right at me, and I'd say, hey, I'm here, to, but let's get back to the story, say And so that boy was sitting there and standing behind him, not far in, taking it in with two other adults, uh, a man and a woman. Uh, and if you took time to look at it, you'd say they were standing within each other's personal bubbles, and uh, you could even... If you took a little bit of time, say, the elbows were touching on purpose. And they were both looking at the room in a calculating way, a detached way. And uh, Miss Zilla said, I don't understand what this scene is supposed to tell me. I recognize it. Don't get me wrong. And I'd say, yes, yes, Miss Ella, You do, you do understand. But you haven't i said this according to Noir Chardonnay, these clothes this this is not a nuclear nuclear uh, family in 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 some sense, but it is one striving to achieve the nuclearity of of uh, uh you know the the, the the statistical average family. Mazzello looked at me confused, and I looked at myself confused. But I said, so bounce, let us here, because yesterday we were walking with Noir Chardonnay, and they said, this is the past. They say it with their Zs sometimes. And uh, I said, what do you mean? I like that sweater. It uh, has a zipper on it. Uh, And Noir Chardonnay said, this is yesterday, all of this, all these things. And... uh, not the future, none of it, sir. and she was talking, I think, about the clothes and the dynamics, uh, uh, and maybe this laughing king in charge, but a bit of a buffoon. And I don't know, Mazella, but something about that made me feel calm, uh, made me feel good. Maybe it was knowing that one day I'd be cracking cases, see, and, uh, Maybe it was the fact that uh, Sir Pounce jumped in my arms at that moment. As, oh, Sir Pounce just jumped in your arms, Miss Ella, to get a better look uh, at the past and say, Oh, that time is no more. Uh, you know, you, we don't need to even dig deeper into that one. Uh, but to you know uh, you and I are looking in the window from the outside in another world, a special world of uh, noir Chardonnay, yeah? And. Uh, I want to introduce you, Miss Ellie. I think we should go, and maybe you could, uh, you know, partake of this world and enjoy it uh, as you, and maybe go on a journey that I've been lucky enough to go on, you know, your own journey separate from me, because I am nearly, a, you know, only mostly dependent being now. You see? So uh, you could go meet Noir, Sean, and wash maybe get a, get a job, uh, wax and glasses, uh, you know, so I, I want that for you, and it's good to see, but you, yeah, go ahead, Mr. Pounce, uh, and that's, uh, the hard day here in the big city, Mosella, he's gonna get a job at Noir Chardonnay's, and I'm gonna go back to the office with Mr. Pounce and wait for the next case, good night. Okay, if you're new uh, to the show or something, this is where I talk to the gods, old and new, and and, and new, new new gods, uh, uh, too. And this is my first time in like 18, 19, 20 months uh, praying to them, unfortunately, between you and me. So uh, uh, it would be a little bit, uh, you know, the first prayer of the year and probably last year, too. Uh, but just between me and me and you, just between us humans, uh, okay, here we go. Uh, Crone, Miller, Smith, uh, Barky, uh, Jester, Hound Dog God, Maiden, uh, you know, other gods that are listening in, uh, definitely not need, you know, D-R-O-N God, you know, water, you know, uh, whatever the positive version of the Aquarius God is, uh. A pool float a pool noodle maybe there is anyway gods uh it's me it's been a while i know uh hopefully you know i've been bringing you amusement with my human uh, you know human being human stuff uh just human and around i have a you know i haven't you know i sorry i fell out of touch gods uh I never know how to handle this. Uh, crone, sweet, sweet Crone. Miller Smith, Barky Jester. I guess I should just say I'm sorry. I was wrong. And I forget the other parts of the apology. I'm sorry. I was wrong. There's another part. But what can I do to fix it, cats? I mean, I can make the most of the next uh, six and a half weeks or whatever we have between us. And uh, so I don't know if I should make. uh, I don't know how we. What do we do? Uh, Maybe that's why I've been avoiding talking to you by forgetting about it and uh, not having it be a priority. I'd said to myself, uh, Scooch, you got to get ready. Sweet, sweet Corona is. uh, How are you going to keep her in your life if, if, if she wishes? uh, You know, to be." how to let the sweet sweet crone fall off of my radar? The miller, the grinder of grains. Uh, maybe that's what I should do, God. Just reintroduce you, because there are people that just know about the, you know, the glory. No offense, to other gods. Uh, again, by me promoting other other gods, it doesn't or saying things about you. It doesn't take away from your 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 godliness. Here's the question, Crone. Do you have you? I don't know if I brought this up. Have you ever had goddess dressing on anything? And you know, what's the difference between that and green goddess dressing? Okay, so yeah, I guess you're right, Crone. You're so wise at telling me that because this is a podcast, uh, and you know maybe people are listening, and we're here to comfort them that it would help them know for this first episode who whom you are. Who you are, and of course, why I dedicate uh, my time to praising you as opposed to the glory gods. So that's what I was going to say. Uh, like the mother, the father, the warrior, and you know, the ma- you know, ma- maiden. Uh, you know, the, like uh, pretty. Good, you know, the maiden, who you know, I have. You know, I don't really think about it all, except you know, sometimes when I'm writing poetry and you, you know enjoying summer breeze so uh or you know sometimes i kiss my body anyway maiden don't worry about it i'm here talking to the crone sweet sweet crone miller smith barky jester and hound dog god so yeah let's introduce the lineup and, and let's let the people know why uh why would i apologize and be wrong and try to make it up for, for, to you by uh talking about some of your positive attributes we have the crone uh, first off uh the sweet sweet crone as i like to call her already given a name probably in a way uh you know possibly given the name Corona by someone you know look that didn't think to, you know that wanted to not uh, accentuate the positive parts of the Corona, all-knowing Oh, you know the crone always judging. That's one one of the things we always think about the crone, always correcting. It generally, it, just for me, I don't know about other praisers of you crone. You know, generally disappointed. You got high standards. You wouldn't be the crone. You wouldn't be at the top of my list if you didn't. Uh, keeper of onions, uh, smelling like onions. The crone. You know, crone. I'm just kidding with uh, that part. Uh, I don't think you, you, you like, uh, well, Crone. K- k- you're if you're all seeing. Do you know when I'm uh, joking and when I'm serious? The humor is based in truth. Sorry, Crone. The Crone is the the, uh, the god with the most experience, uh, and that uh, means that uh, she's seen it all. Uh, except she's like. Here's I guess Crone. I never realized how you're building my steam. You've seen it all, yet I can still make you sigh. What does that say about me? You know, if you if you you know if you've seen the entire universe and you could still roll your eyes at me and you know, put your hand on your hip in that way that says, uh, with, you know, and see that crease between your eyes, that cosmic crease, oh, so crone. I think I was starting, though, to say, you know, if you're looking for a God that's unappreciated, that's misunderstood, Uh, that, like, uh, you know, they say don't judge a God by its book cover or by, you know, its appearance uh, or by your projection of a cosmic ether into a being uh, to, to be praised. I would say all those things are true. Because uh, the crone is also, you know, teaches me humility too. To say, well, I don't know everything. I think I do. The crone does. Uh, the crone's been around. Uh, you know, crone. You, you, actually, if it wasn't for you, who, who would, you know, how would we grow and make apologies? But mostly, crone. I'm just glad to be back in your good. You know, I what I love doing is getting in your good graces and fallen right out of them, or, oh, I've never been in your good graces. Well, that's, you know, well, one day I will be crone because you're so sweet. I think when I say sweet, sweet crone, there's a millisecond where I am in your good graces, sweet, sweet crone. So that's a crone, everybody. Uh, There's also, you know, other belief systems that believe in the crone. Some of you might be in disbelief that there is a goddess, uh, or being a supreme being called the crone, there is, uh, just so you know. Next up, a god that, uh, you know, isn't in the beginning or the end of any shows, uh, maybe isn't even in the, you know, books or whatever, according to experts. Uh, it's a god we all rely on. It's the Miller. And the Miller's one of those two gods back to back here that's toiling away there. Uh, you wonder, you know, where, uh, you, you know, who said, uh, who first to, to, to a human or, or developing, you know, uh, evolutionary stuff. Well, let's eat that grain and see how it tastes. Uh, that was the miller. Let's grind that grain and see what we can make of it. That was the miller. Uh, and the other side is the miller's got to do a lot of work uh, to keep us working. I don't think hard work is always comes naturally to us. uh but it comes naturally to Miller, uh, grinding away, toiling away, mill—you know, milling. You ca- You'll—I've ca- you, seen the sign on the Miller's house that says, "You, you won't catch me chilling; you'll just catch me milling." And even if I'm illing, I'll still be milling. That's Miller. Now, a lot of gods don't like to talk about it because, uh, you know, gods, they just eat ambrosia or drink it or whatever. And you could, like, uh, you know, mess around with Cupid-like situations. But, you know, the Miller's down here with us, really, uh, or nearby. Miller also likes to see us work because it's, uh, you know, built in the likeness of the Miller, working in the likeness. uh, So Miller appreciates all of us out there. You know, trying to get a good night's sleep to go to work, uh, to put milled stuff on our table. Whether it's, you know, kind of milled, metaphorically milled, uh, or how, you know, maybe you're milling your coffee in the morning. The miller's there looking over you, smiling and saying, you know, I'm the only guy, I'm one of the only two guys that's working 24-7 without any uh, things. And let me throw it over the other guy that works really hard, the Smith. Oh, Smith, uh, forger, uh, you know, uh, what do you call that? Fluing of forges and, uh, you know, pumping out, you know, wear of apron. Oh, resplendent in that apron, that uh, cosmic, uh, have I already used cosmic? I have, I guess. Sorry, Miller. Oh, sorry. Oh boy. Smith. Sorry about that. I you know the Miller would probably have a cloth apron and you would have a leather apron. Of course I knew that Smith, uh, uh you know really pumping uh, pumping the bellows that's what i was thinking that's what i was picturing you doing you who sweat in a different way than the miller but still you sweat here among us uh you that you know help me forge my things uh you know a bonder of metals you know banger of steels you, you're the one who uh You know, you're the one who teaches us about alloys and saying, uh, and also the idea that, you know, we could be not to be brittle, right? Oh, boy, Smith, uh, that it's the work and the hard, you know, some things, you know, when you say it's pounding or whatever, it's too hot. uh, Maybe that's the Smith behind the scenes working so hard. Uh, to make sure we're there so thank you Smith uh, sorry I gotta keep moving though Miller Smith uh, oh let me bark. I'll save you for last uh Jester you were once among us in one of the seasons uh you've been you, you know the actor that portrayed you has had a great success since then he really is a heartthrob in my opinion and uh you are too and you know that the throbbing of the heart uh, is just sometimes the purest when we're laughing, oh, Jester. And you also, you know, keep, you say that, uh, you know, sometimes just being you is hilarious uh, to other people. Uh, you know, when we're dropping food or we're dropping jokes, it's uh, because you, you uh, have shown the way, oh, Jester. And I want to thank you for that and for, you know, keeping me, keeping me, um, laughing at myself and say, you know, because sometimes, you know, we, we do take things so seriously and you help balance out the wisdom of the Chrome, Chrome, sorry, Chrome. Chrome, do you use Chrome, the Chrome browser? Or Smith, did you work with Chrome? Chrome, I heard Chrome's the worst to work with. Sorry, just am back. Uh, I just want to say thanks for uh, balancing stuff out. A hound dog, God, you're not, like, I guess you're in both worlds now. You've returned to Earth, uh, or Westeros, I guess that's not Earth. And you're you're back, or you've been back for a while. I don't know how I left things with you, uh, but I still think you haggard like a hound dog. You know, is a hang dog look uh, like a hound dog, look, uh, hound dog, God? You were a god, they say. I invented just like a lot of the other ones. Mostly, that was the father, mother, and uh, warrior, because they they, those are the gods that know. They think they know everything, unlike the crone who does. Yeah, but Hound Dog God, I just wanted to thank you for being in both worlds. You know, keeping an eye on us, uh, you know, helping out where you could. You know, try. You know, saying where where's my place in the world? Uh, You know, my place is with. I think your place is, well, we'll see where, I mean, I'm hoping, you know, where your place is going to be soon, but I like seeing you, and I've always been a fan of yours, Hound Dog God. Okay, um, Who who's next? Whom, whom is next is what I should have said, excuse me, is Barky, oh, Barky. Oh, how I've missed you. Barky, you know, you, you know, the north, uh, is going to probably be a centerpiece of this season that I haven't seen yet. And there's been a lot of trees that we've seen recent, you know, but you are the wisest of the trees. You're the oldest of the old gods. Uh, you know, uh, why the one-eyed raven is oh, so raven. And you know, if, you know, you know, you know what we don't know, but probably about brain and stuff. And you say, still say imagery. You also probably know about Groot and maybe you saw, uh, the, you know, the new, new movie I left out for you. That again was a rental that I was hoping to get back so I could return it because that one was from Redbox. So they're still charging me Barky. Uh, but you know, Groot was, uh, going through those tween years, which maybe was confusing to you. And I don't know, cause I didn't read anything on the internet. The theories is this a Groot or a new Groot, uh, but I don't know, Barky. So, but you're the God, you know, that's uh, got branches everywhere. You got the roots in the earth, uh, and your fingers in the sky. Your trunk stands between the heavens and the land we walk upon. You shield us from the sun and the rain, oh Barky, Barky. You just make me laugh. I, you like you think the jester, but whenever I say Barky, I just feel good. And I do think about you know hugging a tree. I don't know when that became a pejorative, If like uh, because I think hugging a tree's pretty darn great. Uh, And it's also not easy. I think people act like, oh, it's so easy to hug a tree. Well, there's not a lot of, not every tree you can wrap your arms around, first off. Uh, Second off, uh, have you felt bark? It's not, you know, it's nice, barky, but uh, it's more feeling the spirit of the tree, right? Uh, I guess that's what they mean when they say tree hugger. But I mean giving a hug to hugging a tree, which is, uh, uh, you well, Barky. You know, I'm giving you a, a hug from my heart right now. Here's the thing, Barky. We I don't know if I've kissed a tree. I probably have. uh This is just an imagination. I think the first tree I'd like to kiss would be a cherry tree, uh, just because I like something about the bark on a cherry tree. Maybe it's because it's got is well. First off, Barky is the red reddish bark on a cherry tree. Because uh, if so, I'd like to kiss a cherry tree. But here's this, another question, Barky. Does Squirrel Scope AP number one in trees? Because uh, that'd be good to know. Uh, but I'd like to hug and kiss a tree. Uh, just, you know, just You know, just a platonic, uh, joy, out of the joy of love, uh, Barky, for you. Uh, the tree that, uh, you know, everyone adores, Barky. And we got, you know, we got six weeks together, gods, I think, uh, coming up here. It's been my pleasure to be with you, uh, and, you know, I'll be talking to you, I'll talk to you in a week or, or less, uh, and then hopefully now that listeners have a general idea, they're probably more, maybe they, hopefully they're relaxed or they slept, uh, but they know they could say barky and feel good. They know that the hound dog, God walks in both worlds, just like, uh, sometimes shoulders slumped and confused, uh. They know that the Jester's dancing around in a gold robe, laughing and being witty. And that's always something cool to know about. Uh, uh, They know that uh, uh, Smith and the Miller are working hard. hard, There's never been a time they've been hardly working. Uh, So that's good. And they're the two, the two gods that can relate, right, Miller and Smith? Not so much. Well, you know, they can relate to our hard work here. And then the crone, sweet, sweet crone, you know, oldest of the old gods, but in the best possible way. Uh, and, get, you know, the guy to gotta give, you know, between you and Barky Crone, uh, that's why I end and start with you two. Uh, the guy, you know, the God that I love to, 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 you know, the, you know, the god I'm closest to, Crone. You know that's true. Uh, and the first guy, I, and the last guy, I say I'm sorry to Crone. Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, I miss you so. Maybe I could carry you with you, with you beyond this season. Uh, you know, our relationship. Uh, especially if you could start giving me some foresight, uh, that would be sweet. Uh, Not that I'm holding out, Crone, but just be great. You know, my praise, you know, I know that people don't say this because it's not polite, but it'd be nice if my praise was getting me somewhere. Oh, but that's just a human in me talking. So fallible, Crone. You know that later my clothes will be covered in food that I spilled on me, and you and Jester will be having a laugh. uh, And I did it for you, Crone. Oh, Crone, sweet, sweet Crone, Miller Smith, Barky, Jester, Hound Dog, God, good night.